This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 51. I'm Ted Baker, Zooming with the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. It's almost like, it's almost like your 22nd birthday, you know? Yeah. You get, you get to 50, and then <laughs> it's like, okay, let's just let's keep going, 51. I, I love it, though. I'm I passed 50. Bad, bad to talk to you. Passed 50 years a long time ago. So <laughs> official stats weren't kept in the scrimmage. However, I was there, and I did keep stats. So 17-7 over Binghamton. What are your first impressions of what you saw? Uh, you know, that the January lacrosse is, is a, is a bummer and it's sloppy and, and we just, uh, it, it just got a lot to do. That's all, you know, I think the, um, I think we, we loved, we loved the system stuff that we saw. And we, we told our team that, that following Monday is that it's one of the first scrimmages we've had where, we felt like the ball moved well on offense. We felt like we were unselfish on offense and, and, um, you know, feel like we adjusted well on the defensive end and uh, began to uh, play more of a disciplined style as, as time went on. I think you saw when we came out to the first scrimmage energy on both sides and it was crazy. The pace was awesome. It was up and down and, uh, we were going at them. They were going at us. And it's funny. I talked to the the Binghamton coach afterwards, and he's said something like six four at the end of the first quarter. He's like, "That's that's unheard of for us." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of pretty standard for us." You know, I think we with the pace that we play, it's um it's fun to get out and and see that energy. But I but I, I really like the way that we did settle down and and uh, continue to play in a fast place. We keep telling our guys. You know, play as fast as you can, but don't be in a hurry. Let's make sure that we we stay as organized as possible through this pace. So we like that. I think there are a lot of things we took away where we said, yes, that's good. It's a good starting point, and we can build from this. And some other things where we said, okay, we need a lot of work in these spots. All kinds of offsides early in the game on both teams. Take us through, from a coaching standpoint, how is that supposed to work when a long stick runs over who who knows who's supposed to go back and how's that all supposed to happen in terms of communication? Sure, you know, well, I think um, the the offsides that we have trouble with, Ted, are um, more so from offense to defense. And um, I think a, a couple of things happen, and it goes into that point I just made about the pace of the game and and playing as hard as you possibly can. Um, you know, we we find we find out that as we do in every first scrimmage, even the first couple of games, is that the way that we practice um, is is very impactful to the way that we play, for sure. But our guys see right away in a scrimmage how different it is when officials are on the field and how choppy the game can be when officials are on the field and how many rules there are in this game uh, where you know you go through a practice and you're banging and you're, you're getting up and down and and um, you know we we tell our guys all the time we're, we're not officials we don't have you know the black and white stripes on right now we're so uh, the the way that that changes the game is is significant and I think one of the biggest things we talked about at the end of that scrimmage is you know we need to play physical we need to play fast and we need to do so within the rules of the game. It's very important that we understand that. And, you know, a tough team, a, uh, a talented team, a team with a great system um, will will be, you know, infiltrated and, 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 and honestly slowed down um, if you're not, if you're not 
acknowledging uh, the rules of the up and down and, and what needs to happen in order to play the game well. So um, where we find trouble is when we're, we're riding attackmen and we're sprinting and we just don't acknowledge where the midline is. And, you know, one of the, we, we claim it as the worst turnover or sorry, the worst penalty, excuse me, in lacrosse is an offensive, offensive offsides penalty and the worst turnover in lacrosse is a, a defense to offense offsides penalty. Those are very preventable. They are they are just um, wherewithal, focus, and knowledge of how we balance the field. And if you're a rider, where you need to stop um, from an offsides perspective. So we uh, we we watch it constantly. We uh, we practice balancing our clear constantly, Ted. And if the balls if the balls here how the opposite side of the field needs to behave in our ride. If the ball's here, how the opposite side of the field needs to behave. And ultimately, you just need to keep seeing it. You need to provide visualizations for your men and and help them understand the rules better. And then just put them in those repetition forums throughout the course of the week. Well, you and Binghamton made the refs very happy. I talked to them after the game. They said they felt like they got a good workout, you know, because they're getting into full season shape too. So they said, wow, we had to keep track of these offsides and all the penalties and everything. So... Uh, you gave the refs uh, their money's worth. Yeah, you know it's funny. We go back and uh, we watch film, and as we always do as coaches, we you know we whine and complain about different calls and and uh, how could they see this or how could they have not seen this? And and again, to the point I made with our players, it's uh, it's crazy when you sit, you talk in a timeout with some officials, and it's it's like you know explain that one to me or, or uh, what did you see there? And and when they when they break down the rules that which they need to know so well. Um, you just you, you continue to continuously get reminders, Ted, of how many rules there are in this game, and you know the rule changes that happen every other year. How things have changed and 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 shifted with a shot clock and a face off and and points of emphasis on the year, which this year it's equipment and um, you know a couple other sideline factors and da 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 da. And so you you know once you get into the element there, it's just oh yeah, you, you get reminded by officials of all the ins and outs and the in-betweens of their rules. So they don't have an easy job, man. That's for sure. You know, and we always complain about how they could be better at it. But those were three good officials we had there that day. And it's it's nice how in, in this early season you can have conversations with them cordially about what they saw, why they saw it. So hopefully we can coach it a little bit better in weeks to come. Uh, it was a scrimmage. It was not the national championship game. But still, I thought the defense was very impressive. You shut them out for 38 minutes at one point, they had a, a one-minute, two-man-up where I don't think they shot the ball. So either they were just really floundering or you were taking away shooting angles or some of both. Just talk about the defensive play. I thought it was strong. Uh, well, I think, you know, some veteran savvy down there helps in an early scrimmage. You know, Mike and Mark and and even Firthy. Nolan Firth has played a ton for us, you know, and, and Lucas has experience. Kevin Holpe has experience trying to get – you know, Ellis and Liam more experienced in the goal. Um, but that that helps just just to make sure that, you know, you're settled into that moment and you're not, you know, all over the place making decisions that you've never made throughout the course of practice or the year. And you're just doing the things that, you know, work well. So I think that that helped us. I think it's a lot of early season stuff for Binghamton. I know that, uh, you know, Ted, they don't have an indoor facility. So, you know, who who knows how much they practice, how much they've been outside and, you know, how, how that's been affected, how much man-up time they've had in and yada, yada, yada. So lots of factors that go into um, maybe a defense, or our defense's execution versus their offense's execution. But I, I do like to believe that we we are veteran in that end. I do. You know, I think we need a big push 
from some short stick defenders here, and uh, we need to find a way to play the ball much better in a couple different spots. But you know, I think Coach Fish has done a phenomenal job uh, throughout the course of this year, putting some different defenses, getting guys to buy into them, and um, and executing them pretty well in a first scrimmage. So, you know, going into this week, I think we play bigger, faster, stronger in, in a Michigan. So it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we uh, how we handle the growth throughout the course of this week, the changes or the or the improvements that we made against probably a bigger, faster, and and, and a better opponent. We always like to see physical lacrosse, and I thought you guys didn't. Make- miss any chances to knock people around i mean that it's anytime you make a team get bumped a few times clearing the ball you know it just makes them think twice yeah and it's, it's something that we've been focused on this week or this year ted is uh, a part of our philosophy or commitment to philosophy involves our physicality and how physical are we prepared to be in the right spots within the rules uh, in a lacrosse game. And I think we had a couple of really good hits, you know, I think uh, with leading with a shoulder, not with our hands. And, um, you know, I think uh, still have to teach some guys how to play a tough brand of lacrosse without trying to be a bully uh, that we, we, we do have a lot of guys that are very physical players. And um, I think if they go through an entire practice or a game without having physical contact it's it's a it's a rarity but um you know at the same time you you have to recognize what's legal what uh what allows the play to keep going and what gives you momentum and then what what could potentially take it away so um but that is a focus for us that you know we believe that in this new league and and um and if we we do the things that we want to do uh that we're we're going to be a physical team there weren't a lot of goalie saves. You used each goalie for a quarter, your top four. What were your, were your thoughts overall on the goalie play? I think it, a tough evaluation, honestly, like you said. I, I don't think they were tested. Um, and, uh, you know, so we didn't we didn't leave with, with great film work and, and go, hey, this guy had a great day or he had a bad day. And, and you know, we're trying to get them all time. So giving someone a, a, one single quarter, you know, isn't, isn't – um, isn't going to give you all you need to know from a you know what shots did he stop when which ones did he did he not and 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 so on and so forth so um i thought it was a good day for them you know honestly i think they all did a pretty good job and and um i think we're going to need to provide extended time to to one or two of them if we're, we're going to really have the evaluation we need going into game one offensively a whole bunch of different guys scored which you expect in a scrimmage because a lot of people play but uh, Alex Rosa had four goals and also uh, Sam Ward had a goal two guys who kind of cut their teeth last year on the man up unit which we'll get to in a moment was terrific but uh, those guys are stepping up in the regular offense yeah you know we got a couple guys a couple guys out that I think will be impactful for us you know Anthony Natalis doesn't play and 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 Johnny Hurley, he doesn't play, you know, two very good players and 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 consistent offensive threats for us. Um, uh, but, you know, Rosie is uh, a guy that we know we can count on. He's he's going to be in the game no matter what. He just he just shows whether he's out of the box or he's down low. He just shows a great knowledge for every every transition that we make from D to O, from from. Um, um, o to substitution, from substitution to half field to half field to our ride, and, and so on and so forth. So he's uh, he's done a great job there. You know, you get um, Sam Ward, whose hands you can always count on as well. But you got um, Will Delano making great strides and growing up quickly. James Green um, being a great glue to this offense and and doing awesome things behind the goal and distributing the ball very well and. Chad Box settling into his own, John Jude, uh, Brad Simus, Nate Greenberg playing great ball for us. Um, 
Bobby Baltzer and you know Jack Grooms, uh, you know, in in a groove right now that that I don't know we've seen him in. So uh, uh, and we also don't have David Peterkin on the field too much. He's uh, he he set that scrimmage out as well, a, a first year for us that'll play. So uh, rattling off a lot of names, Ted, which is. Again, trial by committee, and again, uh, what we talk about often this year is that that again that phrase that commitment to philosophy is that you know we um, we want a lot of selfless play and and a lot of people on the scoreboard and a lot of people that you know we don't we don't want to be in that position where it's like hey if he doesn't play well we ain't scoring um, that's uh, not where we are now and not where we're going to be going forward so we've got a lot of great guys that can go out there and put the ball in the net. You went four out of seven on man up. You played pretty much two different units, as I recall. Tell us about the man up play. It looked good. I mean, moving the ball, you get the defense. You know, part of the idea is to get that defense moving back and forth and over committing, and you were able to do that. Yeah, you know, and a couple other specialty guys too, like you mentioned, Sam Ward and Rosie, and you know, Adam Davis is out there doing a great job as a senior this year and and playing on our extra man offense. Um, you know, I think uh, what what we're what we're putting forward from a personnel standpoint may not be as important as you know the versatility of what coach Brundage is doing with that group. I think uh, he's got some staples and, and um, some, some, some of those sets that our guys really trust and and can see, but um, we've, we've coach Brundage has found some great ways to overload a man down and, and, um, and to put the ball in the right spots. Uh, so and our guys just see them being effective. To full transparency, our man down in practice sees them being effective. It's just a good group. Whether um, that six are out there, whether it's a left-handed base group or right-handed base group or, or however Coach Brunders draws it up, I think we've got uh, a bunch of different options we can go to there, which if you're prepping for a team and, and you're seeing a bunch of different plays from a man-up perspective, that's a that's a tough week of prep, and that's uh, that's what we're looking for. On one of those units, you had Troy Barthelmay out top, kind of quarterback, and when he came in, we saw, you know, you see 6-7, you think he's going to be a big crease finisher, but that's really, I don't think, his game. He looked good out top distributing the ball. Yeah, that's a and that's a name I neglected to mention um, in that previous answer is, you know, Troy is Troy's been great. Troy is um, a guy that uses his size uh, from a physicality standpoint when he needs it. But part part of his part of his gift is that he sees the field so well. Um, he's he's literally taller than everyone out there. So he, I mean, and he does have a great vision for the game. It's not just that he's taller than people. It's that he, um, he does distribute the ball. Well, he sees, he sees great angles, um, great ways to get the ball inside, great ways to get the ball through to the pipes and, and um, something that we've always known in Troy. And when he's been healthy is that he ain't a one dimensional. I put my head down and run to the goal guy. He's um, he's a team offensive player for sure and creates matchup problems. But in a situation like where, where he's in the top center and the, the man up, we don't put anybody up there that can't distribute the ball. Well, so he, he's, um, he's in a good, groove as well and playing some good ball for us at the face off x plug in adam shea get wins he was himself as always 14 to 20 we saw a little bit of seamus schofield uh, he went two out of six i mean uh that's going to be a strong unit looks like again yeah it is you know we um um and those guys are are junkies for it as you know so uh, they're working pretty hard to to continue to develop this craft um can i use that that redundant word versatility we're, we're anxious to see how we can grow from 
an offense and defensive standpoint as well with those guys out at the face-off facts. So, um, and a great test coming in, you know, to uh, a team last year with two face-off guys back that um, were about 60% or a little over 60%. So, um, Shay's, Shay's always been one to rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge, and a great one coming in for him this weekend. You mentioned first scrimmages tend to be a little bit ragged, guys playing with each other for real for the first time. Other than that, what are the points of emphasis? Where do you feel like the team was short that needs to be better this week? Um, points of point of emphasis is is the the one about the physicality and the um, the understanding of the rules of the game of lacrosse. You know, that's a big a big push for us this week was can we be as physical as we were against Binghamton as as dominant as we were against Binghamton and tighten up a few things from an in between the lines or an intangible standpoint to make sure that our momentum continues and if uh, we get certain calls you know you don't see or certain calls don't go our way excuse me uh, we don't see any palms of hands or any questions or any worries that I've never seen an official make a call and then change it right after that that never happens so we need to be more next play oriented and be able to uh, to transition to all these phases of our game uh, more seamlessly when the black and whites are out there. Um, so that's one. And the second is, um, you know, very honestly, uh, some defense on the ball, making sure that we're putting the ball to the right spots where our goalies love it and where our support system love it, loves it. And then again, um, we still have, I mean, great offensive players that didn't participate in that game. So how are we balancing the field? Who's coming out of the box? Uh, what are the units that we're going to run together? And, um, you know, can we make sure the ball moves and stays as hot as it was with, you know, some dominant offensive personalities coming back into the mix here? So, you know, I think being healthy is a great thing and keeping these people on the field is a huge focus, but we got to make sure when we put a few of these pieces back into that puzzle that uh, we continue to move forward from that um, from that commitment commitment to philosophy perspective. You always talk about the culture of your program. I love the culture of the families. One of the things being in the Pool Family Dome is where we're set up, where I was standing last week and where we broadcast from, we're right there in the middle of that parents group, and they really like each other and greet each other and support each other's kids. I mean, that it's it's an extension, I think, of that culture. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's something we work at, Ted, to be honest. You know, we talk in recruiting all the time how we don't recruit the young men, we recruit the family. And um, we just, you know, we believe, uh, you, you know, those the, those warming uh, personalities just make for a more coachable young man, to be honest, first. And then, and then second, it, it provides those great cultural environments on game day. It does. You know, those these are our best fans, man. You know, our alums are great. The, the Hobart faithful is outstanding, um, but they're not at every game. You know, they're they're they've got lives. They've got kids doing other things. They got um, other places to be on a Saturday in March or or in April, which we get. You know, and they come to some and this and that. But these are our most avid fans, and so you you do want um, the people that are. Uh, you know, in these environments and, and you know, at these games and, you know, at the staples like, you know, Ronnie's and Eddie's and these and Dana's and these places after having food with our guys, you, you just, you want it to be such a, such a great experience for the young men. And, and it is when the parents are enjoying it as well. And we love that fact. We love every time I drive into that parking lot, I mean, 
as early as I get there, Ted, if we play at noon, you know, I'll probably get there. Our staff gets there around way too early. We just sit, twiddle our thumbs and pull out our hair. But um, there's parents, rain or shine, freezing, warm, it doesn't matter. In that parking lot, the flag's going, the grill's going, and, and they're bringing back the life of the the Hobart lacrosse tailgate the way we love it. So we love them too. And uh, it, it's gotten pretty cool in that place, in the Dome. You know, Ted, I, I'm glad you said it. It's a... Um, we love the Boz, but playing those playing those games and those contests in the Dome has become a pretty cool thing. All right. If they tailgate this Saturday, they're crazy, though. I mean, come on. It's going to be about one degree. <laughs> you think they're going to be there? I There's <laughs> there's three fathers yeah. that will remain nameless that I guarantee will be in that parking lot. I think I know a couple of them. <laughs> at, at 8 a.m., of that game there's no doubt so um and and if not dana usually helps us out a little bit across the street where they can hang out so we'll see and you know what's interesting too i've talked to you about how you know at the annual dinner you'll you'll sing a guy's praises maybe he was a player that didn't see the field that much but if he does his work and he's a great teammate he's as valuable a piece of the puzzle as anybody and it's the same way those parents when i meet him you wouldn't know which are the parents of the 40-goal scorers and which are the parents of the guy that, that doesn't get to play that much? No doubt. Yeah, again, the mark of a great culture, as you said. And and I'm very proud of that. You know, I'm proud at... Um, I'm proud of the relationships that I have with those parents. You know, that's such a big thing these days, Ted, with with where youth sports are and and all the war stories you hear of the the helicopters in the world and the... You know, I'm just sticking up for my son and da 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 da, and he should be playing more. And, and, but we don't have a lot of that, you know, and, and, um, I'm sure some of those emotions are out there. You know, I, sure. I, I, I would, I would be shocked if they weren't, you know, I mean, my parents had them, Coach Brundage's, Coach Fisher's, I mean, you name it, you know, we're, we're not above the emotions of love and, and, and wanting the best things for your kids, you know, so, but, but I go up and talk to all of them, and they're very warming. They're very comforting. They, uh, I give a lot of them hugs, and um, the fathers and the mothers, and it's just, and, and the siblings as well. So we love it. We love we love where we're at with this whole family, uh, all the parents included, and the Hobart Lacrosse family is just going to keep growing throughout the course of these years and, and the course of our tenure here, and we can't wait to make it as strong as possible. One last thing. You mentioned officials and rules, a new point of emphasis this year. I don't think it came up in the scrimmage is contact to the head. There are potential one, two, or even three-minute penalties, depending on seriousness of contact. Is that something you've gone over with the team, or how do you think that's going to shake out on how it'll be called? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we actually made our team watch the whole, our, our you know, our IMLCA convention rules video last week, and um, and that comes out with all the points of emphasis that the, that the officials are focused on. And that's, so there's, there's an extension of that, too, because that's usually pretty high up there, Ted, from a safety standpoint, um, year to year in terms of how high are people hitting head to head contact, whether you're on offense or defense, any of that stuff, you know, the goal mouth stuff, diving in the goal and da 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 da, da and all the refs discretion calls are, are always a big point of emphasis. But the big one is the helmet and how young men are wearing it, how, how tightly they're wearing it. And that's the, that's the unique point of emphasis this year is I think over the past couple of years, helmets have been popping off like crazy while kids are playing and they're not really not wearing their chin straps the right way, yeah. not wearing helmets the right way, and it just puts them in danger. So what they're doing is they're uh, if your helmet pops off, just like you playing without a stick, 
you know, that could that is the other team's ball and or a penalty if you stop progress if the other team does have the ball. So, you know, if you saw that play where um uh I think it's a Shea's helmet popped off at the faceoff X and it got caught on something and it popped off and he had the ball in his stick. Um they didn't stop the play and let him put his helmet on. He's got to go get his helmet, get off the field, and it's the other team's ball. And um, if Binghamton had that ball and Shea was, it, it, you know, preventing their execution at, at attacking the goal, that would most likely be a delay of game and a penalty. You know, if you remember that happened to us. Right. Sacred Heart game last year, and it was a pr pretty big momentum shift. So uh, a lot of guys not wearing elbow pads correctly, not wearing shoulder pads correctly. So they're they're uh, they got their eyes on that. More as much as those high hits, it's that is your helmet on in the correct fashion, so that if you potentially do get a high hit, you're in a safe place. We at twelve noon again for Michigan. Eleven, eleven, 11 a.m. Okay, eleven a.m. start at the uh, Pool Family Dome. Uh, lots of parents and families will be there. This has been episode fifty-one of the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere you go to get podcasts. And, of course, it will be posted at hwsathletics.com, your source for all your uh, news and information. And uh, I feel bad for the Hobart and William Smith basketball teams this weekend going to Clarkson and St. Lawrence, <laughs> where it will be <laughs> minus 25. Coach, always good to talk with you. appreciate it. All right, Ted. Thanks, brother.